Hello and welcome to another episode of Let's Talk About Comedy. This week, I have the ultra-comedy teacher Viv G. She is one of the funniest women I've ever met, but she's also probably one of the nicest people I've ever met. She teaches in such a way that makes you feel so comfortable within yourself. And we talk a little bit about how she makes introverts feel confident to come out of their shell. Um, we also talk about being a female in comedy, which I, I, I find is becoming a little bit of a theme with all the women I have on this podcast. It's a really great interview. Here it is. For anyone who doesn't know you, just give a little introduction to who you are. Hello, my name is Viv G. I am a stand-up comedian and I also teach stand-up comedy classes. And Jodi was on one of my very recent courses. <laughs> I was, yes. Good group. We had a really good group. We were very lucky. <laughs> it was such a lovely group. It was just, and I love that you're all still pals and you're all still supporting each other and going to gigs together, doing gigs together. It's brilliant. I love it. I think that having that community makes such a difference. It does. I think you need that to keep going. You know, you're all in the same boat. And what's lovely is people come from all different walks of life, different ages, you know, gender, whatever. But none of that matters. You're all united by being mm. in that class together, starting at the same time. Oh, 100% agree. So how did you get your start in comedy? Well, good question. Um, so... I've got a lying answer and I've got a true answer, but I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to give you my true answer, right? Which is that I actually started off doing sort of funny poems in pubs and then I went to drama school, but in drama school, I got ill my third year and while I was ill and I was, I was ill, um, well, I'm still ill actually, but, but I had to drop out of college for about three years and I was asked to do a gig, a comedy gig, and do my funny poems. So I did it. Um, I was helped there, and I sat in a chair and did it. And I got asked to do other gigs while I was there. So it picked up from there. And before I knew it, I started doing stand-up comedy. Because you know what it's like. You get the laugh, and that's just a... It's addictive, isn't it? So There's no other feeling. There's no, no feeling other like feeling. It. Yeah, no. definitely. <laughs> definitely. So do you still do poetry? So I don't do it as often as I'd, I'd like because when you've not got a poetry gig coming up, you don't kind of write poems, if you know what I mean. Mm. I still sometimes get asked to write poems that are bespoke for people's weddings or anniversaries, but everyone's wedding that I've written one for, so far, <laughs> they've split up. So... <laughs> 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 I'm not right one for me. <laughs> so um yeah yeah so I'm, um so I don't because before it was more like an urge like something happened or I felt something so I wanted to get down on paper. Um mm. but I haven't but I still do some poems and they always go down well and you can always redo poems. Material you don't get as away with redoing it as often, but poems people think, oh, let's hear that one again. And and when you're writing poetry and comedy, do you find such like a really big difference, or is it is it both getting ideas down on paper that? I would say I'm much better at writing poetry in in a sort of um. And I know how to go about it by 
just getting everything together in that subject and then working out what words I need and what makes the sentence sound good. And I actually do do that in comedy. I see myself using that device, but I'm more loose with it because I know poetry's got a form and a structure. So it's almost easier because you're fitting into a shape. Yeah. Which I haven't heard myself say that. I'm thinking, that's how you should write your show. <laughs> Fit into some kind of shape, it'll be fine. <laughs> well, that that's the thing with, with comedy, though. It doesn't have a set shape. You know, with no, poetry, no. there are rules and... and 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 rules that every writer knows. Yes, <laughs> but with yes. comedy, every everyone is different. I think in comedy as well, though, and like poetry, there's rules in comedy you can follow that will help you get jokes, but you don't have to follow them. There, you can be loose with them. But if you look over what you've just written and you don't think you followed rules, you'll actually think, oh, actually, I did. I used a rule of three there. I compared. I did simile. You know, so. Yeah. So sometimes you do find you use them without realizing. Yeah, without even thinking about it. I would say the only rule is don't plagiarize. Absolutely. I mean, there's other things that we don't agree with, obviously, hate speak, but plagiarize is a rule, definitely. Um, mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think that should be a general rule for life. Yes, yes. Don't your eyes. <laughs> People do get inspired. You know, you can just think, oh, I, I love their energy or the way they're, or someone can talk about a subject. You think, oh my God, my I, my life's about that. Um, but mm. I think that's okay. But if you actually use somebody's joke, there's just yeah, something inherently wrong about that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it must be so gutting to see someone else tell your joke as well. Definitely. I've seen it a couple of times and it's it's not the sincerest form of flattery it's no. not at all. Not at it's all. really good it's like hatching your partner in bed with someone or something i don't know i've never done that but i can imagine you know you just have this utter feeling of betrayal and you don't know what to do yeah. have you ever had a joke stolen um yes and i i remember watching this person doing like a routine of mine in front of me in fact twice and I'll say the second time, I think they didn't realise. I think I triggered them thinking of it and they started doing it, not realising oh. it was mine. And I think it, they thought they got the idea. And I spoke to them right away afterwards and they were fine. The, the other person, um, obviously I'm not naming names, <laughs> but no. the, first, the first person um, was doing my material about bedwetting, actually, which was interesting because I'd wet the bed till I was 15, so it felt even more like a like stealing like because... Me, yeah. Exactly. Although Silver Sarah Silverstone um, has as well, so so it wasn't her, but um, and I just felt not only they're stealing a joke, they're stealing actually a part of my life that was a terrible part of my life that now I use for jokes. So it kind of made me feel. So the only way I could get around it was I went on stage and did it as well, and they shouted at me, and I went, "I think you'll find this is my life," and they just went, oh, "All right then," and it was fine. <laughs> Yeah, so that was, that was quite years a good ago. way of handling it, though. That was the only I way think. to. Well, thankfully, I was going on. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that's good because it's always difficult to know how to handle that situation. It is because you get situations that you don't know what you're going to do till it happens, and you don't expect mm. it. And I mean, especially the person was was a more established comedian, still is, and I, I just. 
I, I just felt, I don't know, just I had to do something or I would lose it forever. Yeah. Oh, no, and as you say, you know, co comedy's a lot more personal than people realise, I think. Oh, completely, completely. That's why you can't really plagiarise because it's not just what people say, is it? It's how they say it, it's who they are. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's like I say, every comedian's different, but that's because every person is different. Yes, yes, and that's what I love about it. Because it doesn't matter if you and I talk about the same thing, it'll be completely different because we've got a different viewpoint and a different take on it. Different viewpoint, different way of speaking, different Absolutely. way of delivering. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. That, I think that's what intrigues me about comedy as well. Yeah, Everyone completely. is so unique. Yeah, I love it. And so when people join and they're... You know, I've had people doing classes that I've taught that are they've retired and they think they're too late, but nobody is. Everybody's interesting. It doesn't matter what age you are. It's, that's what I love about it. It doesn't matter who you are. If you've got something interesting to say you can make funny, then you can be listened to. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And obviously you, you teach comedy as well. At what point did you decide to start teaching comedy? So I definitely didn't decide to do it. It was, it was, I'd only been doing comedy about three years. And okay. a little time before that, someone came and asked me to talk to their university undergrad students who had to do a little stand-up. And it was just a speech. And um, a woman called Susan Treesman, who ran night classes through, through um, Strathclyde University, said, would you like to do stand-up classes? And I did think, who am I to teach stand-up? And then I had a think and I thought, well, to be honest, if I was really established, I wouldn't have time to do it. So why not me? So I just crammed and read lots of different books. And I, I did feel like when I was teaching that I was just at it, do you know, that way, that <laughs> imposter syndrome completely. And Absolutely. different companies wanted to do docu-soaps about it, they wanted to film me and they were all offering me money and I had to say no to everybody. It was in so many papers because people mistakenly believed it was a degree course. Even Richard and Judy's <laughs> researchers phoned me and I didn't want to go on wow. because I, um, I mean, they were finding out what I thought, so whether they would have still put me on, but I said I didn't want to. I did not want to be, I felt like such a fraud. But I also felt like slightly embarrassed that I was teaching comedy because it meant I wasn't performing, which meant I was a, not a failure. But at that time in my mind, I thought, you're supposed to just be doing gigs or acting. You shouldn't be <laughs> on the other side. But um, but I absolutely love doing it. I just love the craft and then seeing other people developing as well. I have to say you are totally natural at it. Um, oh, I, thank I feel you. Like you know you're in a room with someone and you just no matter how introverted they are you bring something out in them oh wow that was my experience anyway oh, <laughs> from, good. From oh good i feel like that a couple of us felt that way and um how long have you been teaching for so since 1908 so that's 25 years well you've had ah! experience then before us uh, um, <laughs> i i think um to teach comedy and i can certainly speak for other people that teach comedy that I know, like Jojo Sutherland and Obi, and both of them are lovely people that like people and you like them. And I think that helps because I, I like people a lot too. And I want to hear what people have to say. And I think I think you have to have that quality. And that's what I liked about it. I thought this is going to save me from being... I was going to say a cunt. Anyway, I'm going to say it. I thought this will <laughs> save me from being a cunt because 
I'm not watching people I'm teaching thinking, oh, they're better than me or, oh, they're doing... I'm actually loving people doing well. And I think in my mind, I was saying, this is good for you. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think you prefer teaching to doing stand-up now? No. <laughs> I don't. I've never ever preferred it. Um, I don't think you can replace stand-up with anything, even acting jobs. or. I, I think it's it's just irreplaceable. But mm -hmm. I would miss it greatly if I wasn't teaching. And I still going. Oh, sorry, carry on. No, what I was going to say is, I still feel like there's a little bit of a performance anyway when I'm doing teaching, because yeah. it you're you kind of end up bouncing off the people in the class and you're thinking of things and coming up with them. And I do find that I have to make people laugh in a class to make them at ease, like an audience, and also to make them realise she could teach me something because she's made me laugh. <laughs> yeah, you almost walk in and there's this expectation of you that hmm. she's got to be funny, otherwise why did I turn up? <laughs> yes, and quite often, more more often than not as well, and I think probably more from, from men and maybe younger people, I don't know, but definitely from, from men. Um, and now that I'm a middle-aged woman rather than a young woman when I started, um, there's mm. a kind of like, I feel like I've got to doubly prove look, I'm not just some middle-aged woman that's, you know, because um, there is still that stigma about, oh, we're women funny. So, Absolutely. Um, so like you would in a gig, initially, you know, impression, I'm funny, I know what I'm talking about, let's go on with it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think it's gotten easier for women in comedy since you first started? Most definitely. I would say most definitely because there's more of us about um and there's more of us about but there's there is still that misogyny and 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 i think what there was more of when i was younger was that, that in fact sadly it's probably still happening that you were the token on the show so it made you more competitive with other women there's no like there's some female acts that i've never met or i hardly see because i'm never going to be in a gig with them and that's what's lovely about I'm, I'm running a gig at Leith Depot and I'm the MC is that I am booking women and it won't be just one. And it's not because I feel I should have women. It's because they're funny and if not funny are and just as funny as everybody else. So yeah. I'm not sticking to rules off somebody's a token, you know. Yeah, I've never liked that. No. I've never liked having a token act. I don't think, I mean... It's going to happen if, if you are outnumbered, obviously. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I mean, I would go as far as saying that, that um, yeah, don't have four deadpan men on. Do you know, mm. have someone that's a bit, you know, full energy. Do you know, maybe someone that's a one-liner and maybe then someone that's more a storyteller. You know, you know what that mix. But um, so I try to sort of keep the women out of the equation and think about what they're like as material and think do they fit yeah. in with the bill and but I, I do try and mix up ages a bit sometimes though so that it can the audience whatever age you are there'll be something for you i think that's really important certainly when i when i've been at comedy gigs myself i i do notice a big difference with age really and i think part of it is life experience you know you know someone who's a bit older might not they'll be making jokes about a later stage of life Yes. Um, and and then, then someone sort of on the, let's call it the Gen Z 
side is yes. going to be making jokes about trying to get to that part of life, you know? Yes, yes. So I, I think you're right. It, it, age is quite a big part of it. Um, do you find that your comedy's progressed quite a lot since you were younger? Do you know, I'd like to say it has, but I think I was better in my 20s. I think I was. I think I had more drive. I think I had more, not hate, hate's the wrong word, but there was more kind of, even though I'd say definitely without a doubt, there's more to actually worry about and be angry about now, for sure. Absolutely. And yeah. that's still there, but it's not in my comedy. And, and there I had more of a kind of... I don't, I, I don't know. I would... I felt my first three or four years there was some kind of maybe a hunger in a that, that I don't have now but I've never lost the love I've never I've never ever been bored I could do the same material for ages which is bad but I've <laughs> never lost my love everything I ever say I think oh there's a better way I could say that or oh, there's a better way I could time that I could have time oh I could have done dropped the inflection there so I'm I'm lucky that I don't get bored with my stuff um, mm. I mean, I'm pro I'd like to think I'm a better writer, but I might have been a better comedian back then. I'm not sure. That's really interesting. That's not the answer yeah. I was expecting, actually. Oh, was it not? No. I, no, no, no. Because um, most people say, oh, with experience, you know, you, you, you get better. Yeah, but I, I, yeah, I think there was a rawness I had. You know, that there's something in rawness that, you know, it wasn't like, rough there was just a rawness about maybe it's about the age and and i think it's it's not to do with the age i was it's the age you start at if you see what i mean if i'm starting now i'd yeah. maybe be the same it was more to do with it wasn't to do with my age it was more to do with just blossoming into comedy you know you've just emerged into it and realized you could do this and you could do this as a crowd and there's there's just mm. this yeah and and wanting to do any gig anywhere all the time so no i i i can appreciate that i think you know i was chatting to some of the other people from our class and and they were saying like they almost felt like they had to ask permission to do comedy and and i guess the the thrill is you know you sort of you're taking control and doing it yourself yes you yes uh-huh and i do think there is something in that Especially yes. at the beginning where you're having to actively seek out places to go out to go to instead of being asked to go to places. Yes. And I wonder if it's because you've got to prove yourself or you're an unknown quantity. I, I don't know what it is. I mean, I didn't know I'd give the answer till I said it either. So it's just <laughs> gone, I think that's what I think. And and I, I think it is what I think. Um, mm -hmm. Did you hear that? No. That just me. That... I just heard a do. Oh, strange. No, oh, maybe it's just that. a message and I haven't turned on. <laughs> oh, no, I've got tinnitus. <laughs> oh, God. It's Good, I'll be able to talk about I it. Something else. Oh, God. <laughs> got tinnitus elbow. <laughs> what advice would you give to people who are looking to start in comedy? Right. Actually, you've just made me think of something else as well, which we didn't have when I was younger, which I could talk about. We didn't have online. We didn't have the thing we're looking for content. And yeah. I'm going to give people advice on something I know nothing about. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you have to actually put yourself out there now. You have to have Instagram numbers. You have to have followers. 
and I am so glad because I hate putting myself out there in that way online. I just, I hate the idea of people watching me who I'm not in control of seeing. I'd rather see the whole audience seeing me, which is yeah. silly because I want to be on telly as well. But as <laughs> online goes, it's just, I suppose it's just been open to trolls, isn't it? And comments and, but I, I my advice would say, would be go to watch live comedy and I don't mean just famous people I mean go to gigs but professional gigs because if you just do open spot gigs you'll only see other open spots and you might pick up bad habits so mm. go to gigs with professional comedians on but you will always also learn from good as well as bad comedians because you learn you'll think what not to do and what to do I would say go for all the open mic spots that are going um do not ask for slots that you're not ready for yet because anyone can talk for 10 minutes but if you've not got a 10 minute tried and tested set you've not got a 10 minute set yep if you see what i mean um what other advice would i give and you know just the the good old advice of don't be a dick because people <laughs> do tend to not want to book you if you're a dick do, do you know what i mean um yeah. and and ask for gigs but don't ask all the time because yeah, there's a point, that. isn't there? Yeah. I get that. And have a clip. Film yourself. Film yourself, yes. Yeah, film yourself uh, for watching yourself, but also that because people want clips now. If you want a gig, they want to see what you what you do. What you could do, yeah. Yeah. You bring a very interesting point up about social media. Right. And, you know, what, what you were saying about, you know, oh, it's silly because you want to be on TV. That's not silly at all. TV, you know who's watching you know the general demographic of who's watching that. The internet can go worldwide. Yeah, you yeah. You don't know who, who, where, when, or how that's going to end up in someone's in someone's screen. So it is different. It is. It's very and different. Unless you're on a reality television program, you're not going to be edited on telly to look like a terrible person. Mm -hmm. But online, people can take anything from what you've said. And do you know what I mean? And yeah i don't know it's, it's a whole big scary world and it's also really good for people as well you know we know all that is good and it's bad but i don't envy acts starting now that they have to go that way because yeah there's always been a little voice in my head going stop talking about yourself don't get big-headed don't you should never <laughs> <laughs> do you know that kind of thing that, <laughs> yes yes <laughs> but it is a necessary evil so have you do you use social media a lot then? So I only use it for plugging gigs I'm in because you're you're expected to do that. And you have to because we're all trying to help people get audiences. But as far as oh here's a video of me doing something, um no. I'm I'll never say never, but mm -hmm. I the idea of, you know, filming my day and saying what I'm up to and trying to be funny with it, that just fills me with horror. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose there's that thing though where you know suddenly you've gone from doing material for a five minute set to doing material for a five minute set and then doing online material as well yes you know, yes it's a different thing I think yes it is and I mean I suppose the good thing is is you could do sketches you don't have to do stand-up but use them to get numbers to come to your stand-up comedy show so you're not really you know, wasting your jokes. I mean, a lot of people put their jokes on Twitter and that's a really good idea as well to get your stuff out yeah. there. But 
even that I'm reluctant to do because there's a part of me thinking somebody will use it, somebody will nick it, that'll be it, and nobody will believe it was mine. <laughs> so I know. That it's fear, fear which is yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. But it's also about what you want. All I want now is I don't want to be famous. I, I I don't think I ever have actually. I want it to be, you know, respected comedian, get lots of good work. But I would hate to be recognized in the street, you know, if normal days. So if I'm getting enough gigs, I don't need to do this social media stuff apart from sharing the gigs, if you see what I mean. That is interesting because you also said you wanted to be on TV. <laughs> well, that's a very good point um, because that will get me better gigs. And that's true. the thing about now, though, is being on television. It isn't being on television that everyone watches and everyone will see. Like, I've been on television, but nobody ever recognises me from television. Like, I'd love to be on Live at the Apollo, say. But yeah. I'm not going to get recognised walking down the street live at Apollo, but people will come to That's my true. gigs that know me and they will also book me for better gigs if I've been on it, if you, if that makes sense. Yeah, that is a very fair point, yeah. I mean, I'll, oh, don't get me wrong, I'd love a Netflix special. I'd love, oh, who wouldn't? But <laughs> I still wouldn't... I'd still be liking to walk down the street because there'd be a lot of comedians on Netflix that, I, that we could have walked past and never known it was them. That's very true, yes. Yeah, yeah. And I suppose especially in Edinburgh and all well, you're Glasgow-based, aren't you? Yes, but yes. Especially in like Edinburgh and Glasgow, you know, I, I don't think anyone would even bat an eyelid. No, no. Yeah. I just think it's this, it's, it's a funny conundrum because, well, a contradiction really, because I want to talk about myself on stage and be liked and have people laugh but i hate the idea of people thinking they know me that don't know me yeah you know oh, i'd, I'd totally hate to be that. one of these people that's written about and oh they did this and we just saw them doing that and all this and and, and i think as well oh god and certainly for a woman and now i'm getting older old, we're all getting older but now i'm in my 50s you know it's like you're not allowed to age as a woman and, and mm. you're just like in that idea of people commenting on that when it's just nature exactly just, yeah i'd rather just live my life be happy stop and... it. no no well you can but it doesn't end very well but still <laughs> yes yeah but it still looks bad yeah yeah um are you doing anything at the fringe i think i saw you have a fringe show so yes i am i'm gonna do 10 days called old dog new tricks at leith depot at 2 30 from the 4th to the 14th. So I'm the show on before Five Emma and Andrew and Dan. Yes, yes. Yeah. And you're doing that, aren't you? You're going to do some of that. I'm going to do some of that, yeah. Yes. Oh, good, good. Yes. I just saw their, their flyers on Saturday. They look really, really good. They look fantastic. They look fantastic. Yeah. yeah. They're so good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Honestly, seriously, Viv, thank you so much for doing this podcast. This has been so, such a good talk. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the podcast and thank you so much to Viv for taking part. Next week, I'm going to have another fairly established comedian who is probably one of the funniest people I've ever seen live. Tune in next week. <laughs>